is up, people of the world? Welcome to the Catch the Sky podcast. I am your host, Terry, a.k.a. Sweet Tea. You can catch me on Twitter at CTSTerry or on Facebook by searching Catch the Sky podcast. Anybody that knows me personally knows that this has been a long time coming, so I appreciate your tuning in for that reason in particular. This is something I probably should have done about maybe a year ago, but... Everybody knows that life moves at its own pace for each individual. So that's something that we try to respect here on the show and um, something that, you know, we hope that you'll pick up along the along the journey. Just to give you a little background on the uh, show before we delve too deeply into anything. I was uh, born and raised in Pennsylvania in the United States of America. Spent most of my life here, but I have traveled around the world. I've been to nine different foreign countries. I like to think of myself as a little bit cultured, a little bit more so than just being stuck in one place for my entire life. I have a degree in mathematics from Penn State University, so I like to think of most of my opinions as logic-based. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm a huge Penn State fan or college sports fan in general. I mostly stick to professional sports. My allegiances lie heavily with the uh, Cleveland Browns, so you guys are going to be getting an earful about them this year. I also like the Indians and the Cavs. Um, And as far as hockey goes, I am a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. I actually liked them before uh, any other professional sports team. Uh, seeing as I was a hockey player growing up, you know, I always loved getting out there on the ice and everything. So anybody, uh, that's a hockey fan out there can feel free to, uh, interact with our Twitter page, uh, at CTS Terry on Twitter. You can find us or on Facebook. You can search the catch the sky podcast and interact with us there. Uh, we look forward to your fan interactions and posts and whatever uh, you feel like throwing our way there. Keep it within the limits, though. <laughs> so moving forward with the show, uh, I chose the Catch the Sky podcast as the title. People know that that is also the name of a former band that I was in that is no longer in existence. The title of the podcast is a simile, you know, for mankind's never-ending pursuit of progress, I guess, would be the best word to use. You know, if one is to say that the sky is the limit, then to try to catch the sky would be an unending pursuit that mankind will forever be on so that kind of encompasses what this show is going to aim to target is mankind's pursuit of progress and our faults along the way but also our successes and we will celebrate all of them equally and see what we can learn from them moving forward and hopefully make the world a better place so i appreciate you continuing to listen to the show as always, you can interact with us at uh, CTS Terry on Twitter, or you can go to Facebook and search Catch the Sky Podcast and find us there. And I enjoy you tuning in and hope you enjoy the rest of our show. The next segment of our show will contain 
a conversation between me and a dear friend of mine. Hopefully what we will be discussing will resonate with some people around the world in a variety of manners. We discuss politics, family, mental health, a couple different things. So we appreciate you tuning in and appreciate your feedback and hope that we can resonate with you are listeners and make this show a place you can turn to if you ever feel like you have questions about the world. Yeah, I think this should be pretty good. 11.55. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty good. And we're cooking. Yeah, we're we cooking, are. We're cooking with gas. Yeah. <laughs> with whatever the fuck we throw on the fucking grill. Nice. Yeah, anything that's flammable and explosive <laughs> blow off some eyebrows I've actually I've actually told that story many a times well I'm on account of you blowing your face up well I mean I guess what confused me so much was that your everyday charcoal <laughs> can just could just <laughs> could just explode in your face like I mean, spontaneously combust into your face and consume you. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's more or less what I was what I was getting at is like, why the fuck did my grill just explode in my face when I lifted the lid? <laughs> to tap off a three hour hardcore drinking session with the peripheral of your vision of seeing a man's skull inflamed into. <laughs> And a man wiping you down with ice, caring so much about your well-being that he doesn't just wipes your face down with ice as your eyebrows. <laughs> are inflamed. He was. He was so compassionate. He was. He, he was. He was so concerned. He was the most concerned. Very, very compassionate. I guess that happens when you become a father. Where a man's priorities lie is when you have a child and. When your focus is so much on music and every other thing, now he's totally consumed by the fact of his... I would hope he's totally consumed by the fact of him being with um, his significant other and taking care of his child. It's funny where your focus goes once that happens. Oh, yeah. Something as a child consuming you, which has also done to me. Well, yeah. But, I mean, it puts in perspective, like, this goes back to what you were talking about before, is just simply caring. Yeah, when you're with some, it's, when it's, it's something just, bigger than you. Yeah, it's just simply caring. Is there somebody that? I think a lot of my problems and depression have it, it stemmed from no longer caring what people think about you, but what your own offspring thinks about you, your child. Oh, I mean, that's I could a give, whole... I could give, I could give a shit what people say about me, and this is something that I've, ex- I've expressed to my parents that. I don't give a shit what people have to say about me. I never cared before, but now that I have a child involved, I give a shit what she thinks about me and how she perceives me. Well, that's important, and that's something that I think... I mean, not being a parent myself, but I'd hope that any parent would want to relate to. It's one of the most important things that I've had to deal with is I me trying my best to have my daughter understand, even though our me and her mother aren't together, that... She understands that I do care a lot about her and that I do wish the best for her, even though it takes in the fact that um, sometimes I have to be a hard ass and kind of set 
not so much ground rules, but a structure for her. And she may hate me now for it, but hopefully one day you hope that they understand that they uh, understand where you're coming from and what you did was the best for them. Now, whether they get that or not is on them, but in my early 30s, I have moved through a phase where I used to get really angry at my parents, and now I have become to understand why they were what they were. My dad and my mother have made plenty of their mistakes and I don't agree with their parenting, but I've understood where they're coming from now more than ever. When I went through a phase where I was just angry with them. Yeah. Very, very angry with them and understand and trying to ask why they did this, why they did that. But being in the position that I'm in now, I understand more than ever. Um, Yeah. I mean, being a parent will do that. Being a parent is one of the hardest fucking things. And people who don't have kids don't exactly understand it. And when you become a parent, it is one of the hardest things, especially when you're not with your significant other who you have pretty much spent your whole life around. I mean, yeah, going from, you know, growing up with them, being with your significant other, I would say, to being not being together anymore. I guess you try harder, but it is it gets harder, especially the older they get. Being a five-year-old compared to what she's going to be when she's 14 is going to be something totally different. Absolutely. It's it's one of the scariest things I've ever had to deal with. And I, I hear stories of people who have older kids, and I'm like, man, I, I, don't, I don't look forward to that, but I also do look forward to it. Well, I mean, you got to look forward to it one way or another. Mm-hmm. If you're not looking forward to it, you know, you're There's doing... no point. Yeah. No point whatsoever. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you're kind of in the position where you got to look forward to mm-hmm. it regardless. I regardless. Mean, yeah. In a positive light. But at the same time, it's not something that, you know, a whole load, lot of people, I guess, consciously observe. Like, you're looking at it from multiple perspectives, and a lot of people are just too tied up in their own, their shit. own world. Yeah. yeah. You know, and not thinking about what's, you know how this is going to impact the other people involved in this scenario beyond themselves. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, I mean, it's crucially important to be able to look at things through the lenses of other people, you know, and not just yourself. So I think you're obviously off to a a great start in that regard. I mean, based on our conversations earlier and being able to convey and be in touch with how you feel and how you view the world, I mean, this already gives you a leg up on a lot of other people because through, you know, our discussions just between you and I, we have come to the conclusion there's a lot of people that just don't give a shit about what's going on. Don't give a shit. No, I don't give a shit at all. They're just, they wake up in the morning, they are brushing their teeth, they're taking their shower, they're eating their breakfast, they're pounding out what they gotta do at work, Mm -hmm. they're catching the nightly news, and they're going to bed just to repeat it all in the morning. Right. Like, they don't give a shit about what they read in the news. They just read the news so that they are ready for any potential conversations that might occur during the day. Right. Or to see who died in the obituaries, mm -hmm. you know? I often think about my views on the world and how they're going to affect her. So I try to be, I don't want to say as liberal as possible, but I want her to be open-minded as possible to understand other people's views. And I hope she does. I think that's important. And I'm, I, I find it, I think it's unfortunate that 
open-minded is synonymous with being liberal or in this country, quote-unquote, democratic. Uh, uh, how is being open-minded the same as being liberal, liberal. or progressive? You know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? People should have open minds on both sides of the aisles. Because right. if you're saying, if you're just saying that everybody that's open-minded is liberal, then... And it I think be, that's it becomes why a, I think that's why I consider myself liberal because I consider myself. I understand the conservative side, even though I don't agree. But I also can, you know, I consider myself liberal because I feel like they are more open minded. There are more. The well, reason why they're called liberal is because I was just about to say the exact same thing. The exact same thing. There's a reason it's called conservative because they want to conserve the things they know. Right. And whereas liberals want to go, you know, forge into the unknown, but in the uh, in the name of progress, you know. Yeah, I feel like being liberal does provide more progress more than conservatives because conservative that means you're stuck to your beliefs. Well, yeah, and that, but and the, then and you're gonna go by a certain rule of values when you know, especially with. Times are the times they are a changing, and if you're not willing to progress and you're stuck in this night, and I don't want to just say 1950s mindset, but you know, you're stuck in the same place and you're not progressing yourself. And that is, yeah, you hit the nail on the head, and that's why it's a dangerous game to call one progressive, right? Because shouldn't both parties technically be quote unquote. I mean... Progressive. Progressive, yeah. Shouldn't they both be trying to progress? Yeah. I mean, if we're just talking rationally, they should both be trying to progress. It's not like they're not trying to get somewhere, you know, better. So why do we call one progressive and one conservative? Right. This gets into um, something that we briefly covered on the demo episode with one of our guests in The Freedom of Choice. He touches on how it's all an illusion. And I mean, we, we briefly, we've discussed it in our own personal lives. The it, it's, a, it's all an illusion. We were talking about or, earlier, George Carlin has a whole segment. The comedian, you know who George Carlin is. Yes, the comedian. Yeah, everyone knows who he is. Have you ever seen his segment on, you know, It's All a Club? No, I haven't. It's He, he talks about the the government. You got right and left. It doesn't matter. You know what all those people are? Millionaires. You know what you're not? A millionaire. A millionaire. So it doesn't matter. Some of them are label themselves as progressive. Some of them label themselves as liberal. All they're doing is labeling themselves as whatever will profit them the most. And, 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 and what's sad is in their position... They're not lobbying to you and I. No, they're they don't give to a their own. fuck about you and I. They're talking to BP. They're talking to Sitgo or whoever it you know provides petroleum, provides these raw resources. The people that are mining these resources out of the ground and providing them to the companies that take those resources and convert them into things that can be used by consumers and therefore purchased. They're the ones that they're concerned with. When's the last time you had a representative from your 
local, state, federal body knock on your door. Every now and then around election season, you you might get one or two that's going door to door, talking to people. I might hang a flyer on your freaking car door. They're trying. At least they're trying, you know. But at, at the end of the day, how often does that happen? Every four years or two years when somebody's running up for election. Yeah, when, when somebody, and, and it's usually somebody new, right? It's some no-namer that you've never heard of because right. it's their first time going through the ringer. And in their eyes, the way that our democratic system is supposed to work is that you're supposed to get the voice of the people. So they, how do you get the voice of the people? You go door to door. Right. Whereas these people that are career politicians, are they going door to door or are they going right to National Fuels door? Right. Or are they going right to First Energy's door? Mm-hmm. They're skipping the line, basically. They're right. skipping the peasants, which is what we are, and they're going right to where the money's at. And that's what gets them elected. You know? Mm-hmm. Because, and I mean, there is. There, I mean, there's got to be a reason for them to do that be beyond the money. And but who are they really helping besides themselves? Oh, no. they're At the end of the day, they're just helping themselves and they're helping these corporations. But what's unfortunate is you get into the circumstance where we're electing officials to represent us. But unfortunately, it seems like the corporations are the ones more calling the shots. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, say... Joe Blow candidate, doesn't matter if he's Republican or Democrat, he can go door to door and try and find out what's bothering everybody in a certain neighborhood. And, you know, say some people have got complaints about how much it costs for electricity or how much it costs for, you know, for natural gas or anything like that. Well, is it worth that candidate's time to go door to door and listen to every single person bitch about how high their gas bill is or is it more beneficial for them to just go to the gas company listen to their laundry list of complaints that they already have from all of the same people mm-hmm. they can go to one source get a whole list of people that are complaining about it and then address the issue that way right so if you're looking at it from a, a single person's perspective, because we have to re- remember that senators, representatives, you know, on the state, federal level, it doesn't matter, whatever. There's still one person, right. one individual. They can only accomplish so much in a 24-hour period. So is it easier for them to go door to door or have somebody on their behalf go door to door to collect all this information? Or is it easier for them to just say, go to National Fuel and ask them, mm-hmm. have, you know, what are the biggest complaints that you guys have? Yep. I mean, what's easier? Going to the... Going to the source. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Going to the provider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the unfortunate reality of then you're just, you've got candidates that are bending to their will or not bending to their will, but maybe modifying their campaign based on the desires of that company rather than the desires of the people from door to door because they think that whatever is reflected in 
you know, the opinion of the company is reflective of the people of the people. Right. Simply. And that's it. It's I had a woman one time um, in a previous job describe something to me called the economy of steps. Okay. And basically the idea is minimizing the number of steps it takes to accomplish a task. Okay. So if the idea is to collect data on something like, do people like this or not like this? Are you going to go door to door and get it, the information yourself? Or are you just going to go to somebody that probably already has that information readily available? It might not be as accurate as going door to door yourself, but it's probably pretty close. They're going to go to probably pretty close, right? I mean, they're going to go to, rather than doing all the legwork themselves, they're going to just take the next closest thing that's reflective of the viewpoint that they're trying to establish. Right. You know? I feel sorry for the fact that we still live. I mean, and you can take this how you want. I still think it's sad that we still live in a black and white area when a lot of more people should be living in the gray. And what I mean by the gray is everybody consuming each idea and just trying to find a common denominator. Mm hmm. You know, there's got to be. If more people were to have compassion and understanding, I think we'd be in a lot better place. And I understand people's beliefs and being conservative and being a liberal, but it doesn't have to be so, you know, argumentative. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And like, that goes back to the point that I, uh, I mean, it was just more of an uh, opinion piece, but that simple post from, you know, somebody close to me that said, just because I disagree with you doesn't mean I hate you. Right. You know? Right. And that's been more kind of lost over the last couple of years. And it's something that I hit on actually in the very first podcast I attempted. Mm-hmm. I don't think it ever, I don't think I ever ended up producing it, but it's something that I hit on, you know, very early on. Hmm. abortion and gun laws it seems very simple to me but I don't understand why it doesn't seem simple to anybody else my views on abortion which is a very sensitive subject it should be as much as we use condoms birth control from sopping um, I don't know what you want to call it um, the, we, we call it preventative measures right. being proactive whatever but the idea is the same is to prevent conception conception it's, you don't want you you don't want to create a life right you don't want to create a life and all board uh, and, and to some people you know abortion is destroying something and to others it's my view it's, is it's if- just a reactive measure when proactive measures fail right when when you're when you because there's plenty of people out there that have been in the situation of I take the pill every day. Right. I have an IUD and I still became pregnant. Right. And then and then you need to answer a whole different slew of questions then too, especially for people in those situations that take proactive measures. We 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 have no idea what kind of side effects these birth control pills are going to have mm-hmm. on the infant. Like I asked I asked this to somebody that you and I both know at one point that used to be in that field they were in a they were in pharmaceutical sales for birth control 
and their job was to promote new birth control pills. And my first question was, what are the long-term side effects of this? And I wasn't able to get a straight answer. And I don't think you ever would because... And you never will. Yeah. Oh, and that's... I mean, we can delve into that if we want. That's a whole separate subject on the potential fertility side effects of birth control. But just the fact that you're sitting here willing to pitch this thing to me that you have no idea what it could do to a, a female's body and then be pissed when the female decides to not follow through mm-hmm. with the pregnancy that is the undesired result that's where you get into this gray area of i feel like a lot of you know maybe catholics pro-life people are are like well you shouldn't have had sex then Maybe you shouldn't have had sex if you didn't want a baby. And it's like, I agree, yes. We all understand that sex is what creates babies. We get it. We understand that when a penis enters a vagina and ejaculates, that there's a chance that a baby's going to be made. Great. Thanks, Charles Darwin for fucking cracking that code for us. You're such a brilliant fucking human being for decoding that. Oh, wow. You and your infinite wisdom. We should just bow down and praise every person that figured out that a penis entering a vagina could result in a fucking baby. Wow. You know what? We should just write off the fact that it feels good. That people do it for pleasure, that plenty of other species do it for pleasure, that plenty of other species have exhibited homosexual tendencies, which would exhibit that any sort of sexual practice is thus just for pleasure. For some reason, that doesn't apply when it comes to human beings that hold a certain belief. Right. That human beings could possibly ever have sex as an expression of emotion affection, intimacy, mm-hmm. pleasure, anything beyond procreation. There's some people that subscribe to the fact that sex is just reserved for procreation and don't see and, and, and what a, I think what's shitty about the situation. I mean, this is my opinion, obviously, is those people think that people are just having sex like just for fun like you know, and, and Sometimes it is. I mean, let's just be real. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's nice to feel the release from sex. Yeah. The tension. Mm-hmm. It's not... And I know that there's, you know, there might be more religious people listening to this that might disagree, but it's every... If, if anybody that has ever had sex, if they try to set the religious or their you know, spiritual beliefs aside. It's just a relieving sensation. It's human nature. It's, it, it's it, exactly. Right. You know, fo- me- you know, th- what does the Fox say? I don't know. I, I don't fucking know, but he doesn't go to church and say it. He right. just does it, you know? Right. He just does it. He, it, it doesn't fucking matter, you know, like, and they, and I want to risk, I, I do respect, those people's positions but sometimes those people's positions get to the point where they're like not open-minded to other people's positions this where it's kind of a gray area with me with abortion yeah i feel 
as if if you're having sex, even if you're on the pill, I don't know how long it necessarily takes for each individual person to realize that they're pregnant, but you know, I feel like they know sooner than, you know, you would before the embryo or whatever, um, inside you is developing brain a heartbeat it takes a very long time i feel like there should be at least i believe i am i am pro-life i mean pro-choice but i also believe that there should be a timeline to it if there is a heartbeat or if there's brain activity you know um you shouldn't have to you shouldn't you shouldn't be allowed to go through with it i feel like you should know a little bit in advance this is where the discussion turns entirely gray entirely because what you're describing would be always being on your game as far as knowing if you're pregnant or not and that it shouldn't take you that long of a decision to know if you still want to bring a child into this world or not so for example though this is the this is the type of situation that you invite given that line of thinking women typically go through a menstrual cycle how often four weeks four weeks once a month usually on the average person yeah approximately so say a woman has just recently gone through her menstrual cycle Mm -hmm. she's over it Mm -hmm. you have sex Mm -hmm. say the result is she's pregnant right how long do you expect her how long do you anticipate it taking her to realize that that's a possibility that she might be pregnant. Say you pulled out, say this, that, and the other. You, you don't know. Like, she could have become pregnant. Like, right. you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you could have pulled out and thought that everything was all good, but right. pregnancy could have, you know, conception still ha- could have occurred. Now, say she's, I obviously understand ovulation and everything. So, say she's a, a week removed from her period. Do you feel like it's her responsibility to at least check? Say you pulled out. Mm-hmm. And say you still by some, let's say for the all the religious fanatics out there, quote unquote, by an act of God, you pulled out and somehow she's still pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know, tell me it's her job to fucking go buy a pregnancy test every day just to check up on herself for you because you couldn't hold your nut? Like, right. That's not her job. And so by the time that she maybe recognizes or should start to be concerned for pregnancy, we are three to four weeks removed from the act of sex itself, which means four to five weeks removed from her last period, which gives us about a week until the established heartbeat that you're describing. Right. Because they say, what, six weeks? I'm not exactly sure what the number is, but it let's might just be. Say for let's the just say, say, let's six just say weeks. for the sake of this conversation, six weeks. Six weeks. You had sex four to five weeks ago, mm-hmm. and she's just now. It's about been about about a month later. Now she's becoming cognizant of the fact that my period is late. Right. I'm. Should I be concerned? Maybe you know. Sometimes it's just late. Sometimes it's just late. Like women go through this every month. They go through this shit twelve times a year. Yep. Like, sometimes it's a week late. Sometimes it's a week early. Like, mm-hmm. fuck. You know, like, I'm I'm not a woman. But I know that it's not, like, it's not a regular cycle as much as you want it to be. So, they're not freaking out if it's a week late. 
But if it gets to be a week and a half late, two weeks late, then they then maybe at that point, that's the point where they're deciding, maybe I should, maybe I need to go take a pregnancy test. Maybe it now's the time to check. And at that point, this is the time they're deciding to check up on whether or not the fact they're pregnant. And some women might have, you know, more accurate pregnancy tests than others. But now we're already in the six-week period. It's alive even if they go to a doctor and try and... Right. It doesn't matter because you're past six weeks. I- imagine fi- figuring out that you were pregnant at six weeks. Yep. Like, very, like, gray, like, like very, how, very gray area because the you know situation's always different. Exactly. So how I, long, how, I definitely how, understand how that. How quickly does, it f- does someone figure out they're pregnant? Right. Do they figure it out in the first week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks... No, it usually takes a month or two. And for you to tell them that they are not allowed to make any sort of decision beyond the first month when a lot of people don't even figure it out until the first month or two. Like, that's how a lot of people figure it out. I missed my period. Right. Hmm. And you're telling them that they only have six weeks to decide when they've burned four weeks just living their life normally. Yeah. Like it's not a matter that's of why like, I'm, I, yeah. I, I totally get it. And that's why I'm more poor, very poor choice more than pro-life. I do believe, but there's also, I see, I see a lot of kids out there and I see a lot of babies out there and parents out there that do not deserve kids and have no rights being parents. And that's why I'm pro-choice. You're going to torture that child and put them through more than what they should have been put through. It's not fair to them. It's not fair to you. And there's a lot of different circumstances as far as rape um, you know, financial stability or just, you know what I mean? It's, I think the, what you hit on there more on the second part is the, you know, we brand this as the land of the free. If you're not financially stable and you're a single mother, say you had completely 100% consensual sex with a man and you became pregnant as a result. And this man doesn't want anything to do with it or what have you. I mean, what? You're going to be punished for that decision? For the rest of your... Right. You know, that we always talk about, oh, you're going to punish... You know, I the counter-argument I hear from religious folk often is, oh, you're going to punish the child? It's like, well... Not punishing anybody... Yeah, I mean, if you're, it's between, you're sparing, if it's, yeah, sparing it's, the if it's between this potential life and my own, mm-hmm. call me selfish, but I'm alive now, right? And I've been alive for this long. And you've also seen people, and I mean, there's different circumstances where yeah, they've gotten and abortions, seen... and you've and they've gone on to have kids in a better situation. Exactly. Um, very pro-choice. I don't believe in somebody else telling you what you should do with your body and the decisions you should make. Um, should be allowed to make or not make. Correct. Right. right. Correct. It's kind of it's kind of being, slavery. Yeah. Being pro-life is telling somebody that they're not allowed. They don't have the free dumb to make the choice. Right. This is the land of the free. To reiterate that to anybody listening. If you think this is the land of the free then I challenge you to tell me what is free about telling a woman she's not allowed to have an abortion. 
Tell me what freedom that woman is empowered with by you telling her she is not allowed. That's not, that's the opposite of freedom. Say if, say if rich white men had the same decisions to make, do you think we would still be considered pro-choice? Hell no. It would be, they would be all for it. Mm -hmm. If it was a man who had to make the choice, we wouldn't be having the same conversation. Exactly. And that's the argument that women make all the time is because we don't have to carry it. No, we don't. Guys don't have to carry it. And guess who's the one making the decision? Rich white men. Exactly. And then when you look at, you know, our Congress and our House of Representatives and on the state level all around the country, not only at the federal level, but the state level, the majority of the population, white men. White men. They've been controlling it for years. Exactly. And that's where it becomes a. One of the saddest things I've ever said, and this is from experience, is that um, being born white. And in America, and also being a male, is probably one of the greatest things you could ever be born into. But it's also one of the most disgraceful things because you know you can get away with so much and control so much. And you have so much ability over white women, period, black women. Double-edged sword, bro. Double-edged sword. It's one of the greatest things. I can be pulled over by a cop, not have my registration like I have before, been speeding, have you know contraband on me. And have somebody wave me on. But if I'm a black man rolling in a car or mm-hmm. a black woman, guess what? I'm going to get a little bit extra harsh punishment. And I don't I, care who you're talking to. I mean, I play it. I've played it for you before. And I've played it to anybody that's never heard him. And it's not a um, to anybody that's listening that hasn't heard this song before. White Dude mm-hmm. by Lil Dicky. It portrays basically everything that you just described. I mean, there's scenes, you know, it's a music video, obviously, so it's all stage. Oh, but there's all truth behind it. But, like, there, you know, the scene with him smoking a bowl in front of the cops and mm-hmm. just this, that, and the other. I mean, the whole thing, he, he says it at the beginning, or at the end, it's not about him hating on any other particular race. It's just... All the benefits that are open to white men in America. Yep. It has nothing to do with hating on any particular... He's not hating on any particular race. It's all about just what you can do as a white man... Right. ...that you can't do as any of those other races. It's a lot of... It's a, it's a big thing that often people... White men often take for granted. I mean, you need to be very happy that you were born white in America because it is not so-called the land of the free as they said i mean it's not it's not free at all there's obviously a very big prejudice whether you like to believe it or not of being non-white in america i mean it's a melting pot but we don't all have the same rights i don't give a shit what anybody says i just was watching i forget what news station it was earlier I want to say maybe... Fox News is full of white people. Oh, I mean, yes. Conservatives. It doesn't... I mean, but we've obviously had the discussion that all the news sources are are funded by somebody that's got an opinion. But I found it interesting. They were talking... I want to say maybe it was NBC this evening. Dude, they're talking about To Kill a Mockingbird and its relevance in today's society. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We should be over this shit. We should be past this. 
The civil rights movement was 60 years ago. And we're still doing it. It is like a complete reboot. Like, we are doing it. We're just, like, restarting. We were talking about police brutality and prejudice 60 years ago, and look what we're still dealing with. The same fucking thing. Yeah, sorry. Are we really progressing? Sorry nobody's hooked up a hose to a fire hydrant. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it ain't far off. No, we're not far and off at all. We're still up. talking about the same shit. We're not progressing no, it's as fucked much up, as we and should. And I don't want anyone to convey what, you know, I just said as being... We're recognizing the issue ra- still. Yeah, racially we're, charged. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, nobody's fucking pulling out the fire hoses or anything like that. But don't think that we don't see the differences. Don't I, see um, that we see the subtle, you know, you've changed how you react to people but not enough for us to not see the motivation behind it i understand why it's there's a lot of angry and i don't want to just say just black people in america but i would be angry too if i felt held back by the fucking system and you have no chance to progress you're born oh dude it's born into the same same thing as your father was born into you know what i mean the same prejudice the same the same fucking ghetto or hood that you're born into i absolutely. would be an angry person too and you know it's what for those, for those for, yeah absolutely and all those people are like well why why are black people and latino people so have to be you know so outlandish and so loud you know what if i felt prejudiced against and i was in a room full of people i would probably want to lash out too and say this is me this is who the fuck i am if you're gonna label me well then you're gonna get the full-blown fucking effect I'm going to be in your face with it and I'm going to annoy the shit out of you with it mm-hmm. because I know what bothers you. Yeah. And if this is the only thing that I can have and make you realize that I'm fucking still stuck in the same strut that my father was, well then fuck you. I'm going to make you fucking realize 100%, bro. You hit the nail on the head. Nothing's changed. Have the neighborhoods changed? Have the schools changed? Have it anything? It took me a long time to realize, you know, when... Um, when people say, you know, it's new slavery with putting black men in jail, and it's fucking, it's fucking serious. It's, I have it's it's all, it's a lot of stupid ass bullshit crimes for marijuana, simple fucking drug charges that are putting these guys away war for on drugs? years. Wait, war the on war, drugs. Wait, is the war on drugs. The war on drugs is initiated a by our is modern day slavery uh, initiated by our white savior Ronald Reagan. Yes. Oh, he's a he's a great man. He's right. such a great. Say no to fucking drugs. He's such a good person. He's great. He's the best. And I'm not going to sit here and like shit on Ronald Reagan because in all honesty, like we've had far worse presidents. Like he currently. Yeah, he's he, he wasn't a horrible person, but in that regard that, you know, the war on drugs and everything, just like we knew who was targeting. Yeah. Same with. What else became? What else was popular during Reagan's presidency? Any coincidence that the AIDS and HIV epidemic came and to a who, climax? And who they associated it with? Came to gays a climax. and fucking black people. More yep. so, more so the latter. Right. More so the latter. War on drugs. Who's that target? Poor people. Poor people. Who's poor? The African Americans in our community. Because they haven't been able to get themselves over the slavery hump that you had them in just 70 years earlier. Sorry that some people, it doesn't take just a generation. If I was living in the projects with no fucking chance to get a job, at least a decent job to pay my fucking wage, and I felt like I had no other choice, you know what? If I saw quick money and I knew it was going to sell, what are you going to do? It's it's 
It's the same thing as, you know, would you steal a piece of bread to feed your fucking family, even though it's wrong? Absolutely. Would you kill to save her life? Oh, absolutely. It's sad, it's sad that we haven't progressed anymore as a country or as that's, as a whole period. Yes, yes. That that And that's why I feel kind of liberal and you know these rich people who make all this money and don't feel like they should be taxed as much. Conserve what? Conserve what? Conserve what? What are you trying to the conserve? Power struggle is you, what they you want You to really conserve. need 100 million dollars in your bank account Bruh. when you when you have Bruh. What pisses me off, one thing that pisses me off is one thing. We have lotteries in each fucking state that gives away millions of dollars to one single person that happens to pull a number right. But yet we still have poverty. We still have fucking, you know, people that are, you know, head over heels in debt from a system that pretty much drags you into it from college, home loans, you know, shit like that. Why are we giving away so much money when we have all this money? We're like, well, we don't have money for it. We don't have money to you know, go down in New Orleans and rebuild the city. Well, it's because you're giving away a hundred, two hundred, five hundred million fucking dollars to somebody that just happened to pick a right number. Mm-hmm. It's sickening. So does that make me liberal for thinking that, you know, all money should be distributed kind of equally? If that's if that's the case and it's Marxism, then by, by God, go and say it. But it just makes no sense to me that there is a welfare system but yet we're giving millions of dollars away for a fucking lottery you remember the book just because you picked out a fucking number right gambling re- legal you, gambling you remember the book that you started our book club off with the people's history of the united states of america and the what, people's and what history or and what chapter are we on now i just wrapped up chapter 5 oh you're farther ahead than i am i, am I just happened to learn about how we got how we dicked over the Indians so much. And everything that you just described. I'm into slavery right now in the, everything in the black you civil just, rights. Everything you just described is in the chapter titled Tyranny is Tyranny. Tyranny is Tyranny. What, what separates it? Tyranny is Tyranny. So the idea is that the founding fathers what we describe as the founding fathers of our country basically wanted to maintain the balance between British wealth and American labor. Mm-hmm. Those, those gentlemen were well to do businessmen. Like they had, they were wealthy already. Mm-hmm. They had connections with Britain. The idea behind the American Revolution was to sever the ties that were hindering them from gaining their most profit because some of their profit was being throttled by those in Britain that they still had connections to. Mm -hmm. So the idea was, how can we stop sending all this money over to Britain and keep it in our own pockets but make the people that are really upset about the work that they're doing think that it's Britain's fault. Okay. So basically, Hmm. like, when the Stamp Act and things were enacted by England, the people here were like, oh, fuck the Stamp Act! Fuck the Stamp Act! Fuck those British motherfuckers! Fuck those motherfuckers! Fuck them! Fuck them! Fuck them! Fuck the king! Fuck this! Fuck that! And they get everybody all pissed off about it, so that they all do something about it. Right. And over overturn it. 
but then you keep yourself in the position that you're in. Like, oh, I'm so cool with Britain. I'm so cool with these people. Like, oh, I'm cool with these people because I got it overturned, but I'm still cool with Britain because I'm going to be their go-to guy for the next thing that they're going to introduce. Hmm. So, obviously, when the Stamp Act, you know, fails or gets repealed, whatever comes down the pipeline next, you give it to me. I'll be able to promote it in a way that these people are not going to be upset. And right. if they are upset, then I'm going to play to their upsetness in order to convey the message to you that we need to tweak this in order to do it in such a way that they're not going to be upset, but still willing to pay their money. Hmm. And that's basically a pretty good description of what our quote-unquote founding fathers are. Slave owners and hemp growers. Compromisers. <laughs> Compromisers. They want what's best for them. They want what's best for them and their family, just like everybody else. Right. But what's unfortunate is you put them in charge of the country, and what becomes best for them all of a sudden becomes law and order. Based on what? Based on what they want. What they want. What's important to them. It's kind of interesting that Republicans used to be considered kind of democratic. Oh, the yeah. Democrats used flipped. to be con- Yeah, everything is flipped. It's funny to think that Republicans were fighting for, you know, to abolish slavery, but the Democrats weren't. It's mm-hmm. kind of funny how it all flipped on us mm-hmm. after Lincoln. It's just interesting. And again, right there, that's just evidence of itself, how people can switch one side to another. How an an ideology can be viewed... If you were to tell people... As progressive one way a hundred years ago and conservative another way a hundred years later. If you were to tell me five years ago before I read into it that... Republicans fought to abolish slavery, I would probably think you were full of shit. Mm-hmm. It is quite interesting. There's a lot of things that just picking up a book can answer for you, man. It's amazing that we're still, what, 170-something, well, longer than that, and we're still... <laughs> Black people are still fighting for the right. This is all going back, but... It's... How long's... How, let, let me ask you this. How long has the nation of Italy slash Rome been around? Oh my gosh. You think that we've got anything figured out? Oh no, Rome fell. What about Egypt? Egypt's a country still. Yeah. You want to tell me that they've got it all figured out? They, they... Rome collapsed and so will Egypt, America Egypt, oh yeah. I mean, that's from Catch-22. But we... Egypt was dealing with slavery like 6,000 years ago, bro. Like, we're talking about like 100 years ago. Like, Egypt had like the Jews enslaved like 6,000 years ago. Yeah, and And, like, obviously they've had other, all sorts of different governments since then. But like, for us to think that we all got it figured out in 150 years like that is ignorant as fuck. It's crazy how progressive. It's ignorant. Yeah. It's it, it's it, it's pure ignorance to think that Americans are like, oh yeah, humans have been enslaving other humans for millennia, and we've gotten over it in 150 years. Never. A hundred. You think you're gonna get over it in 150 years, and that the black people forgot? 
Like I, they ain't gonna forget ever until it's uh, until it's all equal. Until white men. Until it's all equal. White men. I'm, I still attest to this. Until white men get done running the country. I think. I think it's great. In that's that, why I dude, think it's a great idea see, for scientists, engineers, and all these people. They should be the ones running the country. Scientists, but environmentalists. Now, do, but now, do you see why Barack being elected president was such a big deal? Absolutely. I mean, I understand uh, that most uh, people, but like what you just said, once white people, once white men stop running the country, that's like th- that right there. That statement is the is the all-encompassing nature of what you're trying to emphasize. Right. Like, that's the opportunity right there. A white, a non-white man was at the head of the country. But do you you feel like he should have done more, though? Dude, I think Barack did. I like Barack as president, and I thought he was a very good speaker, but being from Chicago, I feel like he should have done more for... He could have, he could... All right, let me get this... Let's let's hash a couple things out. First of all, could he have done more? Probably. Did he legalize marriage between gay couples? Did he put an end to don't ask, don't tell? Did he get Osama bin Laden? Did, like, I mean, as a president, what more could he have done to make you happy? To make you happy. On top of just the average American, what could he have done to make you happy? I mean, because like pers- besides besides his health care plan, which I didn't agree with that everybody, I, I agree with everybody should have health care, but I feel like you shouldn't have been taxed for it every year for not having it. I think that was one thing, but not everybody, not everything that he did, I was going to agree with, and that's never going to happen with any president. 50-50, man. 50-50. 50-50. As much as 50-50, we want to I feel like agree he with us. Um, I feel like he should have done more from where he was from Chicago and fixing that area, but he, he is nothing compared to what he was conveying as a president to what Trump is doing now. Oh, absolutely not. No, he stuck to his, he stuck to what he was going to do a little bit more. Right. I like the fact that he, I, one of the things that I like about being liberal is the fact of being environmentally conscious and exactly oh, what's happening. Remember cash for clunkers? Yes. That was an Obama thing. That was an Obama thing, and I, I actually benefit off of cash, cash for clunkers. I wouldn't have got my um, new vehicle off of that. Um, piss break. We we have a piss break. He broke the seal. He's pushing it out right now. That is a power push if I've ever heard one. It sounds like Niagara Falls. Just powering through it. I feel the relief from this room coming from the bathroom. That's a very long piss. Hmm. You're just streaming right now. <laughs> you're still going. I dig it. What? He said you. That was a long piss. I 
Oh, that's right. He takes a huge long piss in a league of their own. Tom Hanks, league of their own. And that's how we're going to wrap up the first episode of the Catch the Sky podcast. Remember that you can interact with us on Twitter at CTS Terry or on Facebook by searching Catch the Sky podcast. We appreciate you tuning in and hope you enjoyed all of our content. Until next time, keep trying to catch the sky.